You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You're listening to Inside Real Estate, your source for all things mortgage and real estate related. The show that brings you all the hottest topics and insights directly from those who know it most. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Today is going to be a really good show. Brad Weisgerber is not with us. <laughs> um, Brad Weisgerber, probably not even listening. He uh, He's camping. He, got, he bought a camper, went across up in Michigan to the UP where he's from. I mean, anybody out there in the world or, or the country that doesn't understand the UP, it's literally probably its own country, <laughs> let alone state, within Michigan. So it's a, it's a very different world. Um, so if, if you're out there listening, Brad, hopefully you're, you're having fun. I heard you hit your foot with an axe. Is that what he did, Sal? Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. So what's up? I don't up? Hurt. He's yeah. got like... Yeah. So Paul Poslock is Salvatore Cusmano. We are Inside Real Estate. Uh, we have a special guest today. He's He is our own Nathan Nix. How are you? Can we get those claps? Oh, the clap oh. things? Yeah. Can we do that again? Yeah. yeah. There we go. That's amazing. All right. Um, today, we're, I, I definitely want to talk about the story that we're following, which is the the lawsuit. I also want to talk about the jobs report that came out, kind of what's happening with the economy. And I also want to talk about Nick's. Your story is a good story. I think it's it's poignant to talk about and see how you got into the industry and what you're doing. That's you know, I think it's poignant because there's a lot of loan officers and people getting into the industry and your work ethic and kind of the things that you're doing. I think is is going to be important to talk about. First and foremost, thank you everybody that that subscribed and and, and uh, le- left uh, reviews. Anybody that's listening, we, we really appreciate it. If it's the first time listening, we appreciate you finding us. Uh, we're just a couple idiots that talk about real estate. That should be the show's name. Few idiots talking about real estate. I don't know if that works. It's a little long. Long. It's too long, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll start with Nathan, Mister Nathan Nix. Yes, sir. People call you Nate. <clears throat> they do. You don't like it though. I don't care. Just don't say it around my mom. Your mom doesn't like Nate. That is. That's not the name I gave. Do you have a middle name? name? Nathan. Middle I do, name? and I'm not going to share it. On whoa, here. I, whoa, whoa! We got I, a little little secretive on the middle I name. I refuse to share my middle name. What is it like, Humphrey or no? Come on, man. Just get, get Humphrey. Be, I, don't know. I keep it a secret. You, you can ask just about anybody, unless you like know me, know me like. I that. mean, it's public record, man. I'm going to look it up the moment then, we go to work. Then, then do that. Take the effort and go find it because I'm not going to share it. I cannot. <laughs> I can't stand. No, it. No, I know what it is. I don't know it. Uh, like off the tip of my tongue right now, but I remember looking. Everybody, it up like, anybody what? that's listening to the show, go to the, go to the NMLS right now, Consumer <laughs> Access, and please look it up and let us know what it is. Um, so Nathan, uh, you you jumped on board with us a few months ago now, right? Mm, almost two, almost, almost two, two months now, right? Uh, so t- talk to us about how you you got into the industry because uh, obviously you had you know you came out of the military, mm-hmm. um, you were a marine. And by the way, everybody, like he wasn't just like a like we got you know you know uh, we got. Uh, Kyle in our office, who just you know he's never done anything like, actual, <laughs> actually like like he says shots fired right there. But uh, but but my dude here, Nathan, actually like you saw combat, like you went to Afghanistan. You've got a, a flag, uh, an Afghan Afghani flag in your in your room, mm-hmm. which was interesting. I saw that. Um, so talk to me about hey, well, talk to me about that experience and how that transitioned into you doing mortgages, which is interesting. Um, so. I joined the military when I was 17, literally straight out of high school. Actually, you know, I had to have my mom's permission to even join. You have to have a parental consent if you're not 18. Um, so I got my mom's permission. What made you want to join? I'm just curious at that time. Because at 17, bro, I it's didn't know who, I, I mean, what are you doing with life, right? This is what I wanted to do. There's, I don't know when it started, but that is just, that was in my brain what I was going to do. I wanted to be, I wanted to be a sniper. Like, I want to be in the military. I didn't know the Marine Corps existed initially mm-hmm. until... 
a couple of people that graduated before me like pulled me into the Marine Corps office because all I seen on the commercials was this guy fighting a dragon with a sword, already, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. I don't. But they don't. They literally show nothing other than flaming dragons and swords, and then a guy like, but bro, in this goofy looking hat. But they have a sword. They that, do. That's, that's some dope shit. I do not have one. I should have gotten one. But you never got a sword. They're if you get a real one, they're called NCO swords. They're they're expensive. Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. Just, All right, wasn't that important to me? Got it, got it, got it. Okay, so so you went in because you thought it was cool or something, right? Yeah, it was just it just was appealing to me. All right, and then uh, you actually got deployed. Mm-hmm. I had I, my first deployment was right after I turned nineteen, um, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and then I deployed again about six months after, like basically about two thousand eleven. Um, both those, both my first ones were Afghanistan. They were fun. That that say. screw you up a little bit, like. But I mean, I don't know, man. Like, it's got to be pretty wild over there. Uh yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a hard. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it depends on who you ask. Yeah, I, maybe. I mean, you seem per- pretty well put together now. So yeah, I guess some people are good at like showing face. Oh yeah, I had I've had my own issues. You know, I've I've had to go through um, a handful of counseling stuff like that because it got tough. well. So I guess to answer your question, yeah, it has. But you the 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 issue that I had was, so my first six years, so I did eight altogether. My first six years, I had four deployments. So basically, I trained, deployed, came back, trained, deployed constantly, right? And when you're when you're doing that, you're never allowing yourself to decompress. So you never feel anything, right? You're, you're, the pain doesn't set in. Your brain doesn't start to jumble up. So it wasn't until I started teaching at a trauma school my last you know year and a half, two years, that my body just started breaking. Like mentally, your brain is just defragmenting. Like back started like, yeah. killing me all the time. My feet started dying. My hips started dying. My knees started dying. Wow. My shoulders started dying. I started having it's you know like an old person. Like as soon as like uh, they stop retire, as soon as you retire, because you're. I mean, you think about it. You're if you're constantly doing something when you're. It's mm-hmm. like when you run, right? When you right. when you run, your legs are numb. Yeah, you yeah, get to like yeah. the runner's high, and you're kind of going. And then as soon as you stop, your body collapses. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I, I did a special operations tryout. Um, it's called assessment and selection for MARSOC, and you do an eight mile, you do two eight miles, a ten mile, and a twelve mile ruck run with your full uniform. You got a rifle filled, literally a rifle filled with cement, and you got like a sixty five pound pack on. And when you do your twelve mile, like when I that. when I did my twelve mile, you it, it's really like thirteen. So like it's it's essentially a half marathon, yeah, and all that, right? And it, you hurt while you're on it, but you. The best part is after like mile three, because you, you just go because your, your legs go numb, and at that point you just there's techniques you know three one three one whatever it is that you do, you get to the finish line. I remember I got to the finish line, finished two hours and twenty two minutes, and they gave me my time. I walked over to a tree, I stopped and just and I fell, like just I literally like literally could not stand up, bro. Because Sal, he's telling me yesterday about this story. He's like we were running and like. I, I started crying involuntarily. He, he's like, I was laughing, but my body was yeah. in so much pain. I literally was just crying. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was sniper school. Was, yeah. That's what I was telling. It's, sniper school is great. All these things are, are great because it's like everybody's suffering equally. Yeah. You know, unless you're just a stud, there's studs everywhere. But like yeah. everyone is in, you can't go through sniper school. You can't go through, you know, MARSOC, assessment, selection, and all that and just be fine. Like, yeah. Or you're, you're not putting out. People see that. Instructors see that. And then you start getting thrashed. But we just had – it was just one of those days where they – we just – I don't know what – it just – Everything hurt. Spared. Yeah. And we were <laughs> we were running. It, it wasn't like I was like, oh, what am I doing? Like, I hate my life. Like, I loved it. But I just remember running. And, like, I could feel, like, my body, like, 
like quivering and we were in you know I was, it was in hawaii and you know it's so it's it's hot and, yeah and we're sweating and i remember i was like i was so confused in my own in my own head i i you know i, I asked my buddy i was like or i told him i was like dude i, said, I am literally crying right now i was like you can't tell because i'm sweating so bad but he's and he was like what i was like i know it, it, it sounds stupid it was like my body is literally crying like i'm not meaning to i was like but i'm in so much pain that like i'm literally crying right now and that's it was, wild but it was man. just it was it was funny because it's like you can't be you can't cry but i can't complain about it one it's voluntary i can quit i can leave whenever i wanted mm-hmm. and yeah. two there's 36 other people doing the exact same thing so it's always interesting and uh, you know we could talk about that all day long yeah. I mean, obviously a real estate show but I, the, the thing that i always find interesting is anybody that goes through you know sports or, or like through, like and then i'm not comparing this to sport but something where you have a high regiment high high performance type type thing uh a lot of those people i've seen they do actually end up transitioning over to like to like a sales type role because it kind of transitions well so talk to me about you know when all that went went done and through, and again we could talk about that all day. Yeah. And I think there's a huge disservice done to, to a lot of veterans on, when they come back. But you had to kind of figure out who am I going to be when I when I finish that. Yeah, I had zero intention of ever getting out of the military. I was going to do 20 years in the military and then retire and find a government job, do 20 years there, double retirement at 57. Um, but I had a friend that just had some nice things all the time, and I asked him, "What do you you know What do you do?" And he's like, well, "I do mortgages. He worked for a big company down in Detroit." Um, and you can say their name. No, we work for Quicken. Uh, <laughs> applied, <laughs> applied, never got a call back. Yeah. Super veteran friendly. Did you just look at the camera? I did. Yeah. So super veteran friendly. <laughs> applied, never got a call back. Yeah. But, By the way, Pinozzi and uh, Ryan are, are capping on you. They're they about better. Your, they're I talking just, about your hairline. Uh, I'm sure they are. Yeah. yeah Thanks, yeah. best friends. Yeah. Um, all right, keep you going. Jerk. Up for this. <laughs> Man. <laughs> um, and these are my friends. This, that's the military for you, though, yeah, right there. Yeah. You know, they're great guys. Bro. Um. But that's just, you know, I asked him how it was and he said, you know, I was like, so what is like math and talking to people? And he's like, I mean, pretty much. And I was like, well, I can do that. I had, I had a third contract that I was going to, that I got approved to do um, reconnaissance, be recon Marine Ford, go and go and do that. But like I said, my body just started dying and I was married at the time. I had two kids. I was like, I'm going to try and be, I'm going to try and get out and be a normal person. I feel like I can do that. You know, it's, if it's talking to people, I've always been weird with numbers, talking to people I've briefed general sergeant majors i was like i'm great at speaking with people so why not do that mm. um got out went to loan depot in tennessee for a little while as a production analyst was like you know a loan officer assistant ended up having some family emergencies came back here um went through the motions with some other companies wasn't it just wasn't happening i don't yeah. know what you know i had i didn't have any guidance i had no idea what to do i didn't know loans whatsoever yeah, a lot of people so, get in the business and they're like, they're like, just like, here, just call some people and figure it out. But the reality is it's an intricate process yeah. to get someone a mortgage. And unfortunately, in our industry, a lot of people go into it without a lot of, you know, guidance, really. Mm-hmm. Even with like the, the licensing and all that, it doesn't really get you ready to be a loan officer. No, it just teaches you legality things. It teaches you federal law and regulations, which if you're going to violate something, your computer will tell you before you do it. So it's like, pretty much. That's like yeah. what I hear a lot about the real estate exam. You learn how to like read meters and stuff and not how to, do a single transaction really it's what happens when you have uh government create policies yeah. because it doesn't really prepare people but anyways that's a, that's a whole yeah. different topic right so so i actually in the summer of 2017 um i was going to just complete i was going to throw my hands up and give up and say you know what this obviously wasn't meant to be i had um a contracting offer to go to iraq it's going to be some pretty pretty nice money um and i kind of was like you know I've, whatever had a couple of things happen and um 
I don't know. I don't know if he's on there. Ryan Ryan Anderson. Shout out to Ryan Anderson. Yeah. Um, I had met him a little while back. He's another Army vet, and uh, well, he he is an Army vet. And I just went and talked to him. I said, "Hey, like, you guys hiring or where you're at?" And he's like, "Funny enough that we are." And then that just happened to be like the starting foundation of my mortgage career. You know, it was only two years ago, but I feel like that, you, fo- you finally had the team around you that kind of yeah, gave a shit. You know, I had, like, yeah. I had, I had, a, I had a broker that was very helpful, successful mindset. And I had Ryan who was, you know, the two of them really put me on a good path and kind of brought the whole thing back to life. Yeah. Both those guys are good. Yeah. Like business people. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously uh, at that point you're, you're trying and you, and you did it differently, right? So it, just so everybody understands in, in the, in any real estate position, there's a lot of different ways to, uh, do the business mm-hmm. as, as it is. And, you know, a lot of people in our area, they opt into doing a lead based system where they're provided leads. They make a thousand phone calls or in a call center, which is, you know, there's nothing wrong with it because you make a lot of money. It's just a different model. And you chose at that point to create basically a brand, mm-hmm. go out there, find find relationships. So you went relationship driven business Absolutely. as opposed yeah, to you chose least. the fifteen mile run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, chose the harder path for so, sure. And that's 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 how I could, could I sit and hammer out calls all day in a call center. Yeah, I'm sure I could. I just that is just not it's not appealing to me. So you take the higher, you got to risk it for the biscuit. I say that all the time. Right, so risk you, it for the biscuit. You risk it for the biscuit. Uh, um, you know, I like it. All right. And so you you take a job that's 100% commission based, you're self-employed, right? Yeah. So at that point, what am I going to do? Am I going to sit and hope people find me or come to me? That's just not how it works. Like, yeah. So, you know, I kind of just took it upon myself. Like I have to go there and meet people. So that's, that's how I met Ryan. I would go, I, I have, I'll walk into anywhere and speak to anybody. Yeah. That's just my, that's my thing. Like, I know because that. I don't care. So, you know? so the audience understands. So Sal and I knew Nathan. We didn't know Nathan actually. So Sal and I, you know, we were doing the same thing kind of around the same time. Sal and I were going out and trying to build our brand and, and going to meet people. And everywhere we went, there was Nathan <laughs> Nix just hanging out. And I'm like, who is this kid? Like, Why is he in our territory? The piece of shit. Get him out <laughs> yeah. of here. Yeah. Right. And, but like everywhere we went, like he was, and I, and then, and then he also utilized social, you utilized social very, mm-hmm. very well. And we, a lot, like we knew of you before knowing you. And, yeah. and that is something mm-hmm. that's impressive. And a lot of people don't really do well. They're, a, you got to be on the streets, and I, in my opinion, and get out there and, and just meet people. That's numero uno. Absolutely. And number two, to be able to, to marry that with a good social presence is really important because you expand your reach quite a bit, right? I get it all the time. Like I'll go places, I'll go to open houses, I'll go to events and things like that. And I'll meet someone. Oh, yeah. Hey, you're Nathan. Yes, I am. I. Oh, I've oh, seen you on Facebook. You're so popular, buddy. You're what? so popular. You know, <laughs> like I've seen you on Facebook. I've seen your videos. I've seen yeah. you do this and that. And I'm like, oh, like, yeah, like that's. Well, I'm glad to hear it because that's the whole purpose, right? So right. it's almost like it's like you said, people at least have an idea of who I am, like mm-hmm. a, you know, before I even meet them, to where it's it's a warm introduction to when if it's somebody that I do. Because a lot of times, if you're and I'll put this out there, if you're like a bigger agent and you happen to see me a lot. There's a reason for that. Just know it's not a coincidence. Like, I look at who I want to, you know, like I find people You're targeting people. I, I didn't want to put it, but yes, I target people. So, it, but I don't, I'm not a person that comes up and is like, hey, yo, I've seen you do a lot of business. So, like, want to have a coffee? We can sit down and talk about how we're going to do this and that. Like, I don't, like you said, I, I like relationship based. I don't, I would rather have solid friends that refer me deals than 
work professionals that send that, and, that you don't matter to, right? Right. And Salon, you you and I went through this. It's like uh, it's hard because we, you want to build relationships, but at the, at the same time, we are a for profit force a relationship. You yeah. can't. No, you know? you're not going to work with. You're I not going to connect with everybody. Either. You kind of got to look at it as like a. Almost like dating, it, right? Like, hey, it's not almost. I mean, it is, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. like, hey, you know, uh, you don't want to come in and start, you know, sending pictures and whatnot off the rip, yeah. right? Yeah, like, <laughs> gotta earn them. You gotta earn them. I gotta know you, if I even want them from you. Too. Yeah, no, you gotta, you gotta diligently work that and not mm-hmm. be annoying yeah. and understand what they need as opposed to just yeah. here's what I want from you. you the know? hardest thing for us in our business is because we're so relationship driven, and Sal and I kind of. You know, we struggled with this at first. You make a lot of friends, but ultimately we got to get business too. Right. So how do you translate, you know, the, 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 Hey man, we're cool as shit. Like I, I love hanging out with you. Um, now it's time to, you know, do some business. How do you like, it was always weird for me to transition. I, I never liked having to like, Hey man, let's do like, the, I don't want to be that guy. Like, Hey, wait, hey, let's do business. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, Hey dude, how can I help you? That's it right there. How can I help you? So I know like we talk about a lot. It's, it's, the biggest thing that I try to do with anyone I speak with, whether it's a real estate agent, financial advisor, somebody, is how I'm going to add value to your business. Adding value. That's, right? the, that's, the, that's the word, you value. Take, you read books. You listen to podcasts. You go to business school. The word – so I was I took a couple classes because I was going to try and get an MBA in um, financing. That was something a while back. And Waste of time. Anyways. <laughs> I learned that now. But yeah. the word value is literally introduced – from the very beginning and because it's it's i mean it's, it's a word that has the word value holds so much value on itself right yeah and so that's what i tell so when, when i talk with people and i don't ask for a deal i'll work with them get to see if i like them see if they like me and eventually we'll have an organic conversation about either a deal that them? they yeah. have or hey like what you know like let's do something together so we can so we can get some more business a lot of times i will talk with people they'll tell me about something that they're having a struggle with, I'll know the answer to it. So now I'm not having to ask you for your deal. You're kind of learning that I know what I'm talking about. And then it will start to slide your way. Yeah. Yeah. You become, th- you become a subject matter expert. Here's what happens in our industry, just so, so the audience understands out there as loan officers and real estate agents and how their relationship in past or, or even today, how it goes. It's, it's generally, you know, you know how many people we met with? Remember that one guy, Sal? Uh, you give me one, I'll give you two. So the, the whole premise that these people want to live <laughs> off of is if I give you referrals, I expect referrals back and I want you to feed me. Well, it's, it's not the reality. We don't, we were too far down the pipeline to do that. It does happen, but it's rare. If we don't have a, if I had a big bucket of leads well, that I could just hand to people. Often if you have the that you work at like a lead shop, right? Yeah, if you work at a right. lead shop. You don't have much control often. So. Yeah, it doesn't work. Here's the analogy. Know. The analogy I give to everyone. I said, you know what? I get that because that's you know that's one of the things that real estate agents slap all the time. Well, I want leads. Well, great. So do I. But think of it this way: when I go to buy a car, who's the first person I talk to? I talk to. Uh, a, a salesman. You don't talk to the finance. I, manager, I talk to right. a salesperson, right? right? It's the same way with people wanting to buy houses. They're the idea in their brain is I got to find a real estate agent first to find me the house. Then I worry about buying it. Yeah, and, and don't and don't get me wrong. As a business, we are working towards creating a situation where we can create leads absolutely. for our partners. Yeah, and there are opportunities that we can right, right. whenever we can. One, and I think people need to value uh, the value that a good job, yeah, puts into the transaction, right? And that's hard because like. For us, like we have lots of insurance agents coming and trying to work with us. Right? Tons, and a lot, yeah. There's a lot of good ones, but you know the, the relationship that I have personally is with someone who's 
always knocks it out, always answers the we phone. We get nothing from it. it. He handles it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he handles it. Literally, like, my clients <clears throat> are happy and he makes us look good. People are like, maybe, you know, does he give you deals? And it's like, no, nothing. Not just, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm he does sure his job and it works. I'm sure works if he well. can, he will, but he makes us better. So here's, the, here's the difference. So Sal and I kind of like, this is what we decided, like, that is most important. And this is where we found success is getting our agents more success. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not there just to provide the, the mortgage. We're a team, and then where we found our best agents were the ones that that we worked with closely, and we we took them from six million to ten million. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we were able to, to help by them not get giving into, them more deals, but by, by allowing them to, to focus faster, on, to be badass elsewhere, yeah. like Re- referrals too. You know, yeah. you yeah. do a good job for someone. It, it's true. You know, it doesn't seem like it, and you always hear it. And I guess you just don't even think about it. But oh yeah. You you look at a deal and then you look at three or four other deals that happened in the pet you know the following six months. Mm-hmm. Well, that all stemmed from that. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like it's like listen when if you cl- if let's say you're a real estate agent and you did everything perfect but your title company drops the ball and your mortgage company drops the ball you're the, you're you're the guy that fucked it all up. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean. So um so yeah so any like so that's one thing that I do see in you and I think that's that, that's really what I want to talk to the audience about is is if you're in this industry or any any industry and you're in a relationship based industry. The, you cannot be fearful of putting yourself out there in yeah. any capacity, whether it's social, walking into an office, getting to know people. That is that is what we do. Ultimately, we do mortgages, but we are in the relationship business, right? So, yeah. and you have to understand too. And I had a conversation about this with uh, you know two of my friends I was on vacation with because they're going through a pretty difficult time in their lives. Um, you will. This is anyone that's looking to get into a, a, a commission based business. You will suffer. Yeah, you, you will suffer. You're going to suffer. That first from year that, is horrible. It, but it's it's like a breakup, like or or any kind of traumatic incident that you have in your life is through the suffering always comes growth. That's why, like, I'm so thankful for. I I, I went through a pretty rough uh, transition period. So I guess to answer your question from before, as far as like if it jacked me up at all, I went through a pretty rough transition period getting out of the military. That really I kind of am now. Like this year, really getting which I think I, I think unfortunately there isn't a good process by which to reacclimate you. Unfortunately, which would be difficult in any circumstance. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a different life, it's a different job, and yeah, it's crazy to think you know how many Literally, people my age that have sleeping in dirt to wear the suit and stuff like <laughs> that. Right. Yeah, bro. It's, yeah. It's totally well, it's funny you look. At, you're what twenty eight? Yeah. Like and. I mean, you got like well, like multiple kids, like gone through all that. I'm oh, like, just putting it out there. But well, I, yeah, I'm no, just I've, saying, I've like you've lived more life than dude, I, I feel lived, like I dude. I ever will. Nathan's like, I got your twenty over here. I got twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, no, I got yeah, I got four babies and everything. So I I've lived I and yeah, I, lot, I've lot. lived a a a life, and I'm and it's just I'm twenty eight going through a midlife crisis. Like I, I just said it. Well, but but the good thing is, it's like you said, you know, out of the the crisis comes the next chapter, which is. The rest of your life. It sucks. So like, and this is, this is, you know, my friend, she's going through a pretty big sense of loss right now. So I told her, I was like, you're going to, it's going to suck. It's, you're going to suffer. And this is going to be your bottom. This is going to, and she's in a situation where she did absolutely nothing wrong. She just kind of got super fucked and it's going to suck. But I said, the good thing about when you're at bottom is that you are at your bottom. And at that point you can rebuild your foundation with whatever it is that you're going to do it with. So I showed her, you know, like Tony Robbins, uh, like I, I, audio book all the time listening to stuff so i said at this point and that's what i had to do with my life is i had a huge bottom so i said you have to this is where you can rebuild your foundation exactly how you want to make it 
And it's going to be whatever you make it, garbage in, garbage out, or you can build a solid foundation. You only go up from there. Yeah. So a buddy of mine is going through something as well. And so he was really down. He's like, oh, like, and I'm like, bro, it, like, like life is built to kick you in the nuts repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets kicked and it doesn't matter how bad or for that person, it's, it's as bad as it's going to be. Your, your situation, but well, everybody Paul, gets and kicked. And you and I were talking about this yesterday. Like everyone thinks and everyone looks back whether what their future could be. Yeah. Well, if I would have done yeah, this yeah. in the past, right? What, what it could have, where it is, but really, there's only two options. Yeah, it's either now or death, right? Or literally, and not even death, but it's it's nothing, right? Yeah. Because right. your life is what it is at this exact moment. It doesn't matter what happened. You can't in the past. just it's yeah. hit a button and right flip now. it. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, and and to get all like therapeutic, I guess there's one of the things I learned is, is when you have some kind of adversity in your life, you literally have two choices. And there, there's, I don't care what anybody says, you have. Two choices. Fight or flight? No. Oh, there's not at all. Ones. Oh, okay. there's actually like four different things. There's flight, flight, submission, posture, but that's <laughs> okay. That's, right, that's a fun hold another book. But yeah. anyway, so you can, you can do, if you don't like where you're at, you can do one of two things. You can change the circumstance. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like where you're at, do something about it. Or if you're in a position where you cannot do something about it, you just have to radically accept that it is what it is. That's that's it. You can yeah. either change the situation that you're in, change or you your have acceptance. to, ex- or you have to accept what it is. There's there's literally no, no other, other option. option. Yeah. And when you understand that, it's like I'm either. It's one of those things. I'm in a b- rough spot. I have to understand that this is what it is, and I I literally can't do anything about it. But I'm going to start building a stepping stone to to change and, and better myself. The unfortunate reality is we live in a world of a lot of victims, and a lot of people want to want to. They want to hold on to the, the where they are today to all the, like this person did that this this, this fucked me over here I uh, that it was that fault yeah. ultimately it, none of that matters instant you know, it, none it, of that matters victims and instant gratification is nothing what is that's it's all this generation a, a thing about working at Quicken which kind of opened my eyes up to that you know because it's one of their their things the isms or whatever don't be a victim which is so funny because like nowadays it's so easy. Uh, in the past couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. Like people are like teaming up with victims, right? That's what it's and all about. Mind like, you, I, pers- good reason in some circumstance, but for the most part, it's like, shut the fuck up. You, you can't, you, you know, like you can't. Yeah. Have, are you really like you telling me that you can't do this because seriously. of X? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's yeah. like, but it's easy that way. It's the easy. It's the easy way. It's much it's easier. Easy way out much to easier. be a victim, and that's what every, a lot of people like to look at things that have gone in my life, and they're like, okay, well, you know, I really. No, I understand that because you're like you're you know you're military history and things like that. Like I used to play that off, but there is nothing that's gone on in my life that I have not put myself in, and so like I don't I do not claim to be a victim whatsoever because I have made the decision to deal with in it. certain circumstances, right? Like for example, your military background, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people would be like if you're using that as a, a crutch, a lot right? of people do, which a lot of people do. A lot Can't of people are it. afraid to say something to them, especially if like. Their boss or whatever would be like, dude, like, I don't like that's like dishonorable to say something. But the reality is, people need to realize that like everyone has something that you know everybody they could use something. as a crutch or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. But saw, again, it's like, what are you doing about it? And sometimes it's like, valid to a degree, but not really a necessarily a reason to right. stop doing what you're doing. So, so nobody cares. Yeah, you know, nobody being, cares about your problems. Being diagnosed, because of shit, bro. Being nobody diagnosed with PTSD and stuff like that, like I can run on that all day. Yeah, you're disabled. But the, simple, but the simple fact of the matter is, is like I could run on it and do a bunch of stupid things and be like, well, "I'm crazy. I have PTSD. What do you expect?" <laughs> but like that only goes so far because you know. And this is, and a lot of people have the mindset too of we don't do enough for our veterans when when they get out and this and that. And 
I will say this. I look into the camera and say this. I, me being a veteran myself, there are a million and a half things that veterans can do to help themselves. They just don't take better. advantage of they them. They don't right? take Is advantage it? of them. Okay. So therefore, I can play a victim because I am a veteran and I have PTSD and this and that. But what have you done to help us? So like I have gone through a lot of intensive therapy to help fix my life because you, I made you took the it upon yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And it's because I refuse to let myself be a victim of anything that's gone on. And at the same time, there are, there's, you know, I, I went to Afghanistan in my first one in 2009. There's guys that went to Iraq in, you know, Oh, three, Oh, four Fallujah. There's guys that went to Afghanistan, 2001, 2002, like we watched the other day. Yeah. Before that, there's guys that were in, you know, yeah. there's, there's always people that have had things worse than I have. So I can never sit and say that I'm just so, I'm just so far gone because you know, how can I sit and look at World War II veteran that's starting to be just Normandy and say, I'm loopy, <laughs> you know, because. <laughs> You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's do something about it. I mean, right. look, this is this is really good stuff because I mean, any this translates any to anyone, either real estate agents, <laughs> yeah. loan officers, uh, anybody anywhere. If you if you are feeling bad about yourself at some point, uh, you just got to realize that nobody cares. Read uh, "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins. I'm listening to it right now. He has this thing called accountability mirror, the accountability mirror, and he talks about that exactly. Is when you have something that you don't like you face it for for what it is so like if you if you're fat you know then you you go to your accountability mirror as a mirror and you look at it and you don't say i need to lose a couple pounds you like i'm fat i need that's because you have to look at it for what it is right yeah. i'm overweight yeah. i have to do something so that's what he says is, but it's so hard for me to lose weight i don't have time great so set it set and that's what that's what he says <laughs> he talks about it in there he says all right cool accountability mirror get a postage stamp yeah. you put on there Drop Look, it's one hard. to two pounds the next week. Look, it's hard. These things that we're talking about is not natural in our instincts. No, our, not at all. our instincts want us to be able to allow us to feel bad and then like say it's not our mm-hmm. fault. It is very difficult to be self aware enough to say these aren't real. Yeah. I, I have well, control. And especially in a society where now more than ever in the past, which is just going to be truer and truer every single day, like people use their minds to work, mm-hmm. right? It's pretty pretty hard to refute like going out and you know pouring concrete or whatever but like when you when it's a mind game with yourself every single day not that taken away from that right like that's a good job too it needs to be done but like when you have to use your mind like it's very difficult to be in the game yeah because you can go to the office and you can literally fuck off the whole day and you can't really do that physically and it's it's eric thomas says it great he he talks about him being the line he's certain people like the people in this room right now are just wired differently because I can't. I don't think we're wired differently. I think we just understand it. Like I'm. I don't. But wa- that's the thing. I don't want you say that because that's because I get it. But like, we've like, accepted it. Yeah, I've, I've ex- accepted like, the fact that like I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. Right. And that's because of probably some things that you've done yeah, to but, but dude, rewire your brain. You, so you know what I hate? You know what I hate? This is what I hate. This is what I hate. Uh, you know, Sundays are the night, like all these like rah rah bullshit, right? Mondays, if you're not looking forward to Mondays, you're, dude, <laughs> the reality is no, th- that voice in your head that says, bro, I don't really want to get out of bed, that's a real voice. And if you yeah. don't, if you pretend you, that that's not really happening, then you can't really acknowledge or, or deal with it. So pretending that they're like, Oh, all these people that, that don't want to work on a Sunday. Dude, no. Nobody really wants to do that. I don't want to wake up at 6 in the morning and start writing emails in my head and like figuring stuff out. I don't want to – but but I do because I, I – 
you do it because there's a there's an end no, goal. You're accountable to yourself. Yeah. There's a greater picture. Right. Or or you're okay with it. If you're okay with your if where you're at in your circumstance, then that's fine. Then don't do those like, things. I love Just Gary don't v. complain about it. I love Gary Vee, but Gary Vee, you're full of shit when you say <laughs> When you say I'm just I just do that. and and like he makes it sound like like there is no voice in his head that says anything. Well, if there wasn't, then you wouldn't have been talking about it. Yeah, you would be just being that. But there is a voice in all our head that says I don't want to do this right now. Yeah, and it just depends on how you react to that. It's called the conscious. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that's that's just how I feel about it. So that's enough of the the, the motivational bullshit. So <laughs> so I do want to talk about this uh, this case that we've been going th- that we've been going through real quick. Uh, it's a real case, guys. So I did some more research on this case against NAR, Realtors, uh, Remax, uh, Keller Williams. They're all being sued, dude. And the people, the, these loss, these lawyers that are suing them, they're big boy law, law, lawyers. They, they're, they're, they beat tobacco. They beat, uh, uh, they, they've got like a ton of cases under their belt. They've won billions and billions of dollars. And this, 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 this deal, this lawsuit, it's not going to get settled because the settlement would be way too high to do anything. They, they, like NAR can't absorb that much money if they wanted to settle. Um, what it is is basically, and then you've got uh, Keller Williams. The, the, what's his name? Jerry Keller? Is it Jerry? Gary. 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 Uh, he's up on stage saying, you know, uh, it's in the seller's con- in the seller's contract that you get commission. So you 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 get that. That's the whole crux of this issue. Is they're saying the the sellers are being forced to pay the buyer's commission. And there's no other option for it. So, anyways, but the bottom line that I'm I'm seeing with this right now is it is an actual story. What, what's more concerning to me is real estate agents and people out there. Like, I feel like they're not really taking it seriously. They're not. They're not like thinking about it. Like, hey, like uh, this is the real thing that could change our industry. People are talking about you know the market and this stuff and that other stuff. But you know, this is going to be if this goes through, there will be ma- major major changes in the way that real estate is conducted in our in our country. And I, I don't know that people are really talking about it enough. Well, yeah, I mean, most threats aren't seen until they hit you in the face. It's not directly affecting me. I'm not going to pay attention. Right, right, that's, right. That's, that's, that's really what's happening right yeah. now, right? But and even NAR is not really doing much. You know what I mean? But with all that being said, too, like as a real estate agent, you and it, it's like anything, right? Like hearing about a crash or, you know, worrying about an earthquake or, you know, a tornado. I, yeah, like, I guess you're right. It's kind of like, what are you going to do? Right, I live in, my life. Right? Live in fear. You just kind of got to do yeah. that. And when the threat comes, I mean, Did you deal with it then. I guess. Yeah. But. I mean, it's it's kind of screwed up to to think like that. But it's like, what are you not going to drive your car because you might get in a crash? Yeah. Right. I mean, right. If you get one, hopefully, <laughs> you know, you deal with it the right way. There is something that you can do. There, there's these guys. They're they're from the National Real Estate uh, Post. Uh, they they yeah. do a really good job. Um, and they've started a petition to do an investigation because what they believe, they believe that these Zillow and all these other companies, they're the ones that are actually pulling the strings on the other side because they're the ones that are going to win on this, right? So they want an investigation done to see who's actually behind all this. Is it something? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's at least something. Go put your name on that petition. If you're, if you're a real estate agent, if every real estate agent put, put their name on the petition, something would happen, right? Yeah. And Hopefully. if, what's, what's the harm? So if anybody's wondering, like, just go to National Real Estate Post, uh, they'll have a link there and then you'll be able to, to sign this petition at the very least. And, you know, we'll put the link in the, in the podcast, but do something at least. I mean, if, if you're not going to do anything, I get it. Like, you can't really worry about it, but have it on your radar at the very least, in my opinion. It's already off mine. It's gone on yours, right? You're <laughs> yeah, done. I would, you're done. I would, honestly, we talked about it four slipped. or five times, and I guess I just yeah. don't. You I just don't care. No, I, I honestly don't even know what it's about anymore. Yeah. To be honest, I don't think he does either. I don't know if we're. Yeah, no, I, I actually watch podcasts. Yeah. 
I listen to it. <laughs> well, I, I talk on it and I'm like commenting on it, but I don't even know what it is. I would, they're, I, I, they're getting mad because they're forced to sign a, a contract that will pay a 3% to the buyer's agent. They're, they're suing basically on the premise that uh, buyers are being steered and paying high and sellers are paying higher commissions than Get necessary. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. See what I'm saying? So, uh, that's the premise is the, that's the premise. And they want, it's a class action lawsuit and they want damages. Because the buyer's agent will go to a listing that has a 3% as opposed to a 2 or a flat or whatever. And it's, and not only, right. And the sellers, the sellers, they sign a contract that says they have to pay 3% to the, to the, to the buyer. And what if the buyer, you know, they're, they're. Yeah, but you know, well, I get that from the, the buyer's agent being the one who's misleading their client. Yeah. Because and not only that, the seller's agent is forcing them to sign this contract. No one's forced. No one's putting a gun to their head. True. Just don't read Truth. it. It's what's well, almost one of those things. That's that's they're not reading shame on them. It's consumer protection. That's that's yeah. what we. Well, went you through. know, it's it's probably pretty night and day in their contract. Yeah. too. that's the thing. Nobody reads. You're just kind of hoping that the person. That, then you that, got that some victim, has a, right? It's like when I bought interest. I bought a car two weeks ago, sight unseen. Right. I had the guy FaceTime it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And man, I was going through that contract, and it's like, hold harmless this. Yeah, yeah. Car could be, car could come in, and it's cut think, in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. What? And I know in my head, like, what am I going to do? But you, right? you read it. You know the risks involved. And most people, the one thing, right? That, I think what you're saying but right now is read. You're your selling your house. Read your contract. You know, read yeah. your contract. Read your contracts. Okay, so or we're, we're, we're going to keep up on that. If if you guys want, we'll we'll leave the link below for to go to the petition. Uh, another thing I really want to talk about real quick is jobs report. Jobs report came out. Really good. We were expecting 165 new jobs created. Uh, 224 were created. 224,000 were created. Uh, unemployment uh, edged higher, but it's at 3.7%. Rates are up a little bit. They've yeah. been sliding for the past couple yeah. months. If you look at that that bond, it's starting to yeah. creep, creeping back up. Yeah. In the past lock. couple of days. Yeah, Here's I'm what's interesting. Lock all my loans. Uh, unemployment is at a 50-year low, 3.7%. Uh, wage growth went up 3.1%. Uh, so like – that only part of the economy is doing really well. And, you know, we keep talking about this recession. I just don't know where it's going to come from. You know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, the recession's coming. I get it. The, the, the stock market, the, the, the economy has to breathe. There's going to be a correction, a correction at some point. It's just, it's normal. It's like breathing, right? It's going to take a breath. It's going to chill out for a minute. And I don't think it's going to be that bad, especially this time. But I don't know where it's coming from because our, our jobs well, and our economy is doing well. Everything's great, but, it, and it, it truly is, I think, with, you know, the, the, current situation of like the working economy right but you got to still look at what everything's backed by like trillions of dollars of debt that's right? yeah. that's the big thing i yeah. mean that's probably where things if anything I, in my head and i'm not uh, an economist but that's like the looming like hey everything's great it's like you know pulling up to somerset mall in your ferrari and like everything's on credit. Well, you have four trillion well, every, in debt. everything's on credit right yeah <laughs> it's kind of like yeah sh- Shit's tight, but not really. Yeah, it, you know, there's some interesting, interesting things that are going on. Especially like I don't know if you guys ever follow, follow like cryptocurrency or anything, but that's actually starting to spike back up again, which I think it's just interesting. Crypto, yeah. I, dude, I was deep, in, I was deep, deep in cryptocurrency. <laughs> I was, I was that guy that was like, I'm gonna be rich. I took four thousand, I made it. Into dude, like and we did K. like quadruple our money. I wish I would have put a way more in because I cashed it's, out at the high time too. It's going back up right now, and so I mean, I lost everything. I, I yeah, cashed out at ten thousand dollars of Bitcoin. Or twelve or whatever it is now, right? Yeah, but, we went maxed out at like. Yeah, but dude, there's no. Yeah. So, so for every, all the Bitcoin people out there and the cryptocurrency, I know nothing about it. Here's, so. I actually understand it, and but until there's actual use cases and it gets get used and actually has a purpose, which are, it's starting to happen, but it's it's not there yet. Now, mm-hmm. is there an argument to say, hey, 
buy a hundred dollars worth of crypto, and then you know, twenty five years from now, you'll probably make some money. Probably, you know, depending on what you pick. But it's Russian roulette. You know how many cryptocurrencies there are? There's like thousands of cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. It's like penny stocks. You know. So how do you know? Well, like, it's weird because a lot of them are just different technologies, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like the stock and the technology to a degree. You want but you want to know what's it has really to be a useful technology. You want to know what's really interesting? Facebook created a cryptocurrency. Yeah, they did that. Is interesting. Uh, that's going to potentially change the way we, well, we pay for things. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Like, you can go on Facebook Marketplace, find an item, and open up a messenger, ask them about it, and buy it right there. Right send there. them the money through Facebook. Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty legit. I think it's interesting too. It's better than um, eBay or whatever. Minus you got like Facebook is just taking for over everything. Keeping it industry related, you can utilize cryptocurrency as a source of funds to close in houses now. Which we I, had we had a deal, which I think is yeah, is I've done a very few interesting where it's. Source this deposit, right? Get two yeah. months of their Coinbase account or whatever, right? And okay. So next week on cryptocurrency today, as long as you can show it going in, right? Or two yeah. months of it being seasoned. But so, what do you guys think about the housing market right now? We got about five, we got five minutes until we go into four questions or three questions. Uh, right now, what are you feeling in the market, Sal? Are you seeing more pre-approvals? Are you seeing less pre-approvals? Are you seeing what are you seeing? Are buyers getting outbid? I would just say it's. I don't know. It's normal. I don't know. I, we're downstream, right? Mm-hmm. So when people say they're slow or they're not getting action, we feel that usually a couple of weeks later, yeah. right? Yeah. And then after we receive that wave of pre-approvals while everyone's slow, right, and those buyers get activated to go again, then the real then it's, it's like a volleyball, right? Like it's constantly being passed back and forth between lenders and, and agents until they're uh, – Put a deal together. Yeah, yeah, right. but I guess on the on the deal side, I mean, we're we're pretty involved in, in knowing if they, hey man, they got beat out. Like, well, you know, a lot of things too. You know, people, myself, a yeah. lot of people maybe just refied and save some money, and it's like, I don't think we're gonna move. Yeah. My house payment just got two hundred bucks cheaper. Seriously, yeah, right. So above and beyond that, like we could speculate all day, and I always say this, but the hell do I know? I'll tell you right, right now that in my area in Novi, it's the, the 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 market is completely stalled. Like there's way more houses on the market and very few sales, and then mm-hmm. it just things aren't moving as quick where well, I'm I at. I think there. buyers are thinking what we always get asked. Obviously, that they would be thinking that if they asked us it. But you know, well, is there a crash coming? Is my house? You know, if I buy it now, like I, I might wait. Or you know, I might wait and end up uh, getting it cheaper, but. As we but can. how much cheaper, bro? We're not going through 2008. Maybe. No, I don't think. Probably not. No, we're not. But what if, if you, you walked out? What if actually, you walk if you outside, think you about the problem of, of the debt that we have, like, should there be some, you know, calls on that from China or whatever? Like, that could be absolutely crippling to our whole economy. There's a million things that could cripple us as an economy, yes. But I just don't see it happening, personally. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I don't see it happening. I think, I think war is always a good option. That's why I was kind of super It's a hyped. good option? So I was kind of super hyped up for uh, for that whole Iran thing. What do you mean you're hyped up? You like war? I mean, you're a war guy. I was in the military for eight years, man. I was going to stay in, but yeah, I but didn't. Yeah, but don't, don't you think, like, why 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 are we fighting Iran for what reason? But, I mean, why I don't, don't ask why. So here's, here's, yeah, 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 here, here's yeah, yeah, the thing. Yeah. I told, and this is what I told, I that's told why Kyle this yesterday. That's why we like having you on our team. I told Kyle this <laughs> yesterday. Like, we were, we were we were getting to go tour some houses yesterday, and we took those boxes. I said, hey, dude, we're grabbing two boxes. I said, why are we grabbing two boxes? I said, boss said, grab two boxes, so I'm grabbing two boxes. And that, you know, that's, that's, that's just sometimes how you got to be, you know? Yeah. But that's just what it was. Well, I, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, I think if we go to war with Iran or anything like that, it's sparking World War III, personally. And you, so you kind of look back, wars have kind of been healthy for an economy because it does create more jobs, things like that. 
Um, me just being prior service, that would just be that would be gnarly because hope we'd go to war conventional. Well, I don't know what would happen at that point. What are you What are you saying? I don't really you think know. You should go to war. I I always. I mean, that's this is just me meathead Nathan Nix here. But I think war. I think is always great. But but on one level, like, what do you like about it? What do I like about going to yeah, why war? Is it, why is it a good thing? I'm just curious. Uh, I guess it's not a good thing. War, certain things like that are fun, man. I mean, getting shot at is pretty scary, but at the same time, it's it's actually super cool. Yeah, man, we have nothing in common. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Like you want an adrenaline rush? Like yeah, you know, you go to the gym, take some pre workout stuff, and man, then, yeah. just take a couple a couple shots, you I'll, know, I'll near go, you. I'll and go see paintballing, how it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll do. That's as close as I get. Paul would be like the the typewriter guy. No, Paul, you know what Paul said yesterday? He was like, I'm going to be the guy that if I were to ever go to war, I would it. just go and run right away. I'd, I'd and I'd it. be the guy that thought they're getting shot instantly. I'd like, lose it because I'm like, I'm going to kill you all. I would get so happy. We up. need that guy. It's yeah. called running the rabbit. Yeah. Go ahead, run out there, distract everybody. And then, you know, you just take the hit and we see where everyone's out. Where it's everybody called else. Jeez, it's man. Sacrifice. Okay, we're going to do three questions. All right, you ready? Let's do it. All right. What scares Nathan Nix? Obviously, bullets don't. My mother. Your mom scares you. That's a good answer. That's a really good answer. Um, if you could go back and change anything from your past, would you and why? No, because I'm here for whatever reason I'm meant to be. Got it. Okay. And where is Nathan Nix two years from now? In a Lambo truck. Lambo yeah. truck. Damn. Dude, Lambo has a truck? Have you not seen this thing? No. Urus. Really? Urus. Urus, Urus, whatever. Urus. The Lamborghini Urus. Ah, uh, yeah. It's nasty. It's all right. I got a picture of one. If you want to see it, I, you're not in personally it? not a fan. Isn't you? I'm, I'm a dad. I'm not a Lambo guy. I want a Lambo, but I'm a dad, so I right. Need, no, like, I think there's there's cooler SUVs for four hundred gram, but that it, it's pretty not. badass. Two forty. So you want to go buy? You want to buy? Go buy a Cullinan? You're going to start raking up some big some big racks there. You want to buy a Bentayga? Okay. okay. If I'm buying something for two hundred forty grand, I hope I can afford the four hundred. All right. All right. There we go. So thank you, everyone, for Maybe. listening. Hopefully we gave you <laughs> some insight that guy at Somerset. <laughs> on, uh, on mentality and cars and cryptocurrency on our real estate show. We love you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Inside Real Estate, the nation's top real estate podcast. Don't forget to follow us at irepodcast.com and everywhere where podcasts are available. 